to James chapter 1. To James chapter 1. And I've kind of been camping myself in an area this month. You know, on Sundays we've been talking about big faith. We've been talking about if you are going to see greater in your life, then you have to believe for greater in your life. Amen? And uh, if we're ever going to see things happen in our life, we've got to develop faith to be able to get there. Um, You don't just have greater drop in your lap. You don't just have greater fall on you. Greater comes as a result of adamant, disciplined pursuit and choices and decisions made on a daily basis. And so uh, I've kind of been camped somewhere because, uh, and the title of my message will tell you, um, the title of my message tonight is The Waiting Room. The Waiting Room. And I want to talk about in between the prayer and the promise. Going from the prayer to the promise. There are many things that we have asked God for. There's many things in your life that you have asked God for and are currently believing God for. And you are in the waiting period. You're playing the waiting game. And um, I want to show you tonight that while we're waiting, while we're in that period of going from the prayer to the promise, the thing that he has promised, amen, he's faithful to perform. See, we know all those verses. And so when we go in praying and believing that we receive when we pray, you know, we, we've gotten the, the jump start. We've gotten out of the gate, but now we're in the middle of the road and we're looking back at the prayer and we still see the promise afar off and we're saying, how do we get from what we prayed for to actually receiving the promise that we have been waiting for? And look here in James chapter 1, James chapter 1 and verse 2, and he says, Consider it holy, uh, actually let's read it in the New King James first. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's a verse that uh, boggles our minds sometimes. <laughs> he says, count it all joy. And you know, it, it, you know, you can think of plenty of joyful times, you know. When you hear that the promise is yours, that's joyful. That thing that you've been believing for and you find out, wow, he's faithful to perform that in my life. That's joyful. So I'll pray. I'll believe God for that. But then he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So now he's gotten particular. Now he's gotten specific. When you fall into various trials, this is definitely when you need to count it all joy. Amen. Go to verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I don't know if you knew this. You know, we've been talking about faith, but faith is meant to be tested. Faith abounds when it's tested. Faith becomes stronger when it's tested. That's kind of what we saw a little bit this past Sunday. When we're in between, And now we have put our faith out there, and now it's being tested. Did anyone ever take a test in school? Anyone ever take a test? Giving a test is a lot easier than taking a test, right? Why why do we have to take tests? What is the purpose of the test? This word actually has another definition. This word test means to prove. 
This word test means to prove. The, we, the reason you are being tested is prove to me that you have learned what we've been talking about this whole time. So the testing of your faith is the proving ground that you have faith. If you have launched your faith out there, there's a time of proving, is this the real deal? Do you have the faith? And the testing of your faith produces patience. It produces patience. This shows us that there is no way that you can go through your faith being tested without showing some form of patience. Patience is the result of tested faith. Patience is the result of tested faith. Now, patience does not just mean waiting. (laughs) Patience is not the actual act of waiting. Because have you ever been behind someone or seen someone or maybe been the person that has waited impatiently? Anybody been that person before? Will you admit tonight, you know what, I've waited before, but I actually waited out of patience. I was not in patience. I was impatient. But you know what? Both people were waiting. The person that's in line at Walmart and is, oh, gosh, it's, it's finally going to come. Come on. Oh, God. Come on. How many coupons you got? Come on. Just write a check. You still have a check? Who writes checks? You've been by behind that person. We'll have an altar call if you were that person. Coins, really? How many pennies are in there? Just give them a dime. They'll give you more. Come on, we've been behind that person. One, two, how much you got there? Three. three. Filling out a check. Sir, I need to see your ID. You've written checks before. You know the ID is coming. You didn't have it out already? Yeah, we've been behind that person. But both are waiting, right? Both are waiting. One's waiting patiently. One's waiting impatiently. So patience is not just waiting. Patience is how you wait. Patience is the position of your heart during the waiting period. And the testing or the proving of your faith, when you are proven to have faith, you will come out with a right heart while waiting. That's the position of faith. Faith waits with the right heart. If your faith is tested and you are proven to have stood in faith, then you are someone that is waiting with the correct heart. Patience is a position of the heart. It's not an act of waiting. Now, let's flip this around. What's the opposite of faith? Doubt. So then we can say this. Doubt, when proven, produces impatience. If you don't have faith, when the testing of your faith comes, when the proving of your faith comes, and you don't have faith, The absence of faith is doubt, meaning I don't know if this thing is going to work out. And that always turns out impatient. Doubt waits for nothing. Doubt does not have the correct heart while waiting. We're talking about getting from the prayer 
to the promise. We're talking about getting from what we ask for until we see what we ask for. We're talking about, remember, faith moves something. Faith doesn't create something. Faith moves something from the unseen spiritual realm to the seen natural realm. I'm believing God for healing. Healing is available over here in the spiritual realm. It's all there. All the healing is available. Jesus has already paid the price. He doesn't have to go back to the cross. He doesn't need to get smacked around in the face, take more stripes on his back. He's already paid the price of healing. Available, done, taken care of. But now I have to relocate it from the spiritual unseen realm into the natural seen realm of my body. And so I'm waiting from the prayer to the promise. I'm in the waiting room. Now, if I wait in faith, I will prove to have a correct heart while waiting. If I wait in doubt and unbelief, which means I'm wavering, which means I don't really know if this thing's going to really turn out the way that I hoped, I have now proven impatient. I do not have the right heart. Because doubt doesn't wait. Go to the next verse. But let patience have its perfect work. Look at this. If we remain patient, remember, patience is the result of being in faith. So if my faith is tested and I prove to have faith, patience is the result, and now it will do something for me. Let patience have its perfect work. That means patience is working. It's doing something. It's acting on my behalf. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Go to the next verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. Let let him ask of God who gives freely and doesn't take it back, and it will be given. Next verse. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Did you know that you could ask in faith and doubt in your heart? Otherwise, we wouldn't have to put comma with no doubting, comma. You can ask in faith and doubt. You can ask in faith, and then when the testing of your faith shows up, you'll prove to have no faith, and then impatience shows up. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Okay, so doubt shows up in wavering. And this is a picture of instability. There's no firm ground. So we could say since the opposite of doubt is faith, that faith is steadfast, immovable, unshaken, doesn't give ground. So if I'm waiting in doubt, I'll be unstable. Well, maybe, maybe not. I think it will. I don't know. But faith says, nope, it's coming. And my faith gets proven because the testing shows up. Various trials show up. And I'm just counting it all joy. I have the right heart and I am patiently waiting. My heart is showing up. So if I... Wait patiently in faith. 
I'm immovable, I'm steadfast, I'm sturdy, I'm strong, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not giving ground, I'm not going back and forth, but I am fixed in a position. Look at this in the Amplified Version real quick. Verse 2, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in and encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and, here it is, proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work. This means, he says, but let. This means that you could choose to not let patience have its work. You could choose to short circuit and say, no, I will not let patience. It's up to us. Patience isn't going to reign without our decision and choice that I'm going to let patience have its work. Patience will do something for me if I let it. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Let's keep going. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him only... It must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts it is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither, here and there, and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asked for from the Lord, for being as as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. This is a picture of a man that is not in faith. That the testing and the proving, faith is meant to be proven. If you say you're in faith about something, there will always be something that will come contrary to what you're in faith for that will prove whether or not you're truly in faith. You're in faith? Let me see the proof. That's how life works. You believe in God for healing? Something will show up to come against the healing. You believe in God for financial prosperity? Something will come up to prove are you truly in in faith, are you stood in a position and a posture of faith? Or are you a double-minded man going back and forth, unstable? One second you're in faith, next, next second you're not in faith. There will always be a proving. There will always be a testing of our faith. So there is a picture here when we are going from the prayer to the promise of patience and endurance. 
Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I want this message to be liberating because this is where we all get stuck. There's, there are some of us that maybe don't know the promises of God and we've got to get clued in on what those promises are. And then once we start standing and believing for those promises to show up, you know, there are some people that don't believe that healing is available today. There's people that don't believe that. There's people that have heard, have been preached to that heal or that sickness and disease is actually a testing from God to prove your faith. That he's wanting to prove something. That he's trying to build up his, your trust and, and faith in him. Well, if that were true, then why ever believe God for healing? Because then we would be out of the will of God. If, if sickness and disease was put on people by God, then Jesus was out of God's will his entire life. He ran around reversing what God had done. Because my Bible says that Jesus of Nazareth, who was anointed by God and went all around healing all that were sick and diseased. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So that means Jesus went around and said, oh, God, put this on you. Here, I'll help you. I'll give you a little bit of healing. I'll relieve your... Not true. Healing's been done away with. It's, it's not for today any longer, Really? My Bible says that my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, you know, healing, it's, it's for some people, you know, if you're specially anointed or if God chooses or if it's in God's time. Really? Because my Bible says that my God is not a respecter of persons. And he would not give to one and withhold from another. That's what my Bible says. So there are some of us that just need to get clued in on what God's promises are. But once we've prayed and believed for these promises to show up in our lives, there's that waiting period. There's that period of, okay, I've asked and I believed, but where is it? I ask for you to save my children, and I want them in a good church, but they're still out running with the world. I, I asked you to re help restore my marriage, but my husband still doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't want anything to do with God. I, I've asked for you to help my business and my career. Give me wisdom in how to do this thing. Give me connections. Give me favor, but I'm still in the red every year. There's this waiting game, and we've got to learn how to endure. And we've got to learn to not only wait, but wait with the right heart. We've got to learn that there's actually a position of waiting. Because in the end, we're all really waiting. If you don't get it, you're still waiting. And you can be patient or impatient. So look at this in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 in the New King James, it says this. Actually, I need to back up to verse 9. Back up to verse 9. 
But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That word sluggish means lazy. Now if you remember... Patience will have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work. The opposite of working is laziness. The opposite of working is becoming sluggish. There's a laziness that wants to creep in when you're standing, enduring to the end. Remaining steadfast, there's a laziness, which shows us that there's a work to be done while waiting. And one of the biggest enemies of your promise is laziness. One of the biggest enemies of our promise is not the devil. It's not any power or any authority that he has. One of the biggest enemies of the promises of seeing those promises that we've been waiting for, that we've prayed for, is our laziness in patiently waiting. He says, do not become sluggish. Only patience inherits promises. Only patience. Who are going to be those that will endure to the end? Who are those that will patiently wait that will remain in faith with the right heart all the way to the end and see the result see the promise see the thing that they've been waiting for that they've been believing for look at verse 13 for when god made a promise to abraham because he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing i will bless you and multiplying i will multiply you watch verse 15 and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise what's he doing reflecting on a man named abraham now some of us we prayed six months ago for something some of us prayed last week for something and we're waiting some of us maybe prayed last year for something still haven't seen it but abraham was told that he was going to have a child when he was 75, and he waited 25 years for that promise to show up. But this verse tells us that he endured patiently for the promise. If he can endure 25 years, we can endure. Amen? We can endure. He endured. He patiently waited Patience was working for him because when he was standing in faith, he was immovable. Nobody could tell him otherwise. No one could say, hey, where's your son? Hey, where's that child that you were promised? Hey, maybe it's not going to happen. But he was immovable. He was steadfast. 
He stood firm. He wasn't moving to the right or to the left. He wasn't a double-minded man. He wasn't doubting. He wasn't wavering. But he stood his ground. 25 years. Endured patiently. And he what? Obtained the promise. Look at Mark chapter 11. The biggest thing that we have to watch for when we're in between the prayer and the promise is laziness, is becoming sluggish, is becoming slothful or falling away. Laziness has to refer to work being done. Standing in faith is work. Standing in faith means I am remaining in the posture that I originally was when I made the first request. What's that posture? Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, There's a key here. What's he saying? If you speak one thing in one position, you have to remain in that position. In your heart. Patience is a picture of your heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You will obtain the promise if you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. If you take a position with your mouth and remain in that position in your heart. Endure to the end. Look at verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. When? When you pray. When? When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. When you pray, believe that you receive. So what's he saying? When you pray in faith, you are taking a position. This is my position. This is where I'm standing. This is what I believe. But then we get in the waiting game. And if we're not careful, we'll become lazy. We'll become sluggish and we'll fall away and what happens? Our expectation changes. Doubt begins to set in, and we become what? Wavy. Unstable. In all our ways. Double-minded. Bouncing back here and there. Going between two different processes of thought. But this says, believe that you receive when you pray. Not when you see it. When you pray. Patience will continue its course. Patience isn't moved by how you feel. Patience isn't moved by what the bank account says. Patience isn't moved. Now, see, doubt is moved. Doubt looks at those things and says, oh, no, it can't be the way that I originally said it was going to be. Doubt looks, doubt feels the surroundings and the environment and the atmosphere and says, oh, everybody else is sick. You're going to get sick, too. Doubt looks around and says that 
everybody else's businesses are failing and so is yours. Doubt gets moved. But faith believes when you pray and then remains in that course until the promise shows up. The thing that we have to do is we have to connect between the prayer and the promise. And the connection is remaining in the same position the whole time. Oh, you heard what they said. Faith isn't moved by what they say. Faith is only moved by what God says. Oh, it's that time of year. Faith isn't moved by the time of year. Faith is only moved by what God says. Oh, look at the stock market. Look at the economy. Faith isn't moved by the economy. Faith isn't attached to the stock market. So it is able to literally remain in the same posture, same position the whole time. It never changes. Now, I want to give you three steps tonight to playing the waiting game. Three things you have to do while you're in the waiting room. Three keys, three steps. If you do these three things, you'll have a better chance at the promise showing up that you prayed for. Number one, stay close to God's word. While you're waiting, stay close to God's word. Stay near God's word. Be in God's word. See, faith has a hard time hooking up with anything else except God's word. But if you're not feeding it God's word, it's got nothing to connect to. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes. If you find your faith beginning to wane a little, if you find your faith beginning to become sluggish, and lazy, and patience isn't having its perfect work. You're becoming impatient, beginning to become wavy and unstable. We need to get back and look, am I near God's word? Am I staying connected to the word of God? Because that's the only thing that's going to build your faith. When you're in the waiting room, get a hold of God's word. Stay in God's word. Do not disconnect from God's word. The second faith disconnects from God's word, it's got nothing to stand on. Number two, get things in order. Here's a question you have to ask yourself. Could I handle the blessing? Could I handle? If God were to bless me with what I'm asking for today, am I in a position to receive it and maintain it? you're believing God for uh, 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 changing your finances, he may be waiting on you to get your finances in order. He may be waiting on you to see, okay, do you know how to handle this amount of money? Because I could give it to you today and you could blow it all tomorrow. He's one, Sometimes when we're waiting on God, he's really waiting on us.
Okay, you want me to restore your marriage? You want me to, to, to change your husband's heart? Are you going to change your heart towards him? Are you going to love him? Are you going to forget all his faults and failures? Are you going to be able to move forward and look at a new man like I look at a new man? We got to, God will not bless a mess. <laughs> God will not bless a mess. He wants things in order. You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, they had been out there for days with him, listening to him minister. And before he blessed that food, multiplied it, he had them all sit down in groups of 50. God likes order. God likes direction. And so when we are in the waiting room, we need to start getting things together and find, okay, this is, the, this is the promise I'm believing for. This is what he's promised me. Am I ready and able to receive it? Could he bless you today if he gave you 500 new customers? Do you have the order? Do you, are you able to maintain it? Do you have a thing, an organization and administration to your company, or is it just a big financial mess? Would you be able to handle it? We've got to put ourselves in a position to handle what God wants to pour out. And the third thing, praise before you receive. Praise before you receive. Look at Psalms chapter 100 verse 4. What is that first word? You can say it. That's all right. Don't let the kids be louder than you. Enter. You know, we do a real good job of leaving his gates with thanksgiving. But we are commanded to come in that way just as well. Go in the way you want to come out. If you want to go out that door praising and, and, and thanking God and joyful, then go ahead and get yourself in a position to start praising him and thanking him and get joyful and get excited about what he's going to do. Because again, if you believed, you received when you prayed, then you're acting like it's already mine. I've already got it. I've already obtained it. The promise is mine. That Those finances are mine. That healing is mine. This business is mine. This, this marriage is mine. These children are mine. And nothing can take it away from me. Get yourself in a posture of thanking him before you see it in the natural. Go ahead and ask yourself, if I had it today, what would I do? What would I tell God? How would I act? What would I say? What would I tell other people? He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It doesn't say enter in doubt and then God will change stuff on the inside, and then you'll leave thankful and happy. No, he says, come in that way and watch me unfold a blessing in your life. Watch the promise show up in your life. Watch everything you've been asking for 
show up in your life. That's what he wants to do. Look, God is a God that wants to bless you. God is a God that loves us. God is a God that's got so much more than we can even ask or think, the Bible says. He said, I will do exceedingly abundantly. God is an exceedingly abundantly God. God God isn't a come up short God. You ever been expecting something, been looking for something in the mail, and then you find out, oh, something's missing. God never does that. You ever been expecting something in the mail, and then you got more than you were even looking for? That's what God does. God is exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. The question is, what are we asking for and what are we thinking? Some of us never verbally ask for anything, and some of us are only thinking about what it currently looks like, not what we want. God is a blessing God. And so when we're in this waiting room, when we're in this period, when we're in this time of trying to get from the prayer to the promise, there's a posture. There's a responsibility on our part. We can't just say, all right, God, I asked, so show up, do it. Let's see what you got. Let's see if you can do it. Let's see if you can make it happen. No, he's saying, okay, you prayed. Now prove to me you're still in faith. Prove to me. Test. There's a test coming. Faith is meant to be tested. Faith is meant to be proven. But have you ever taken a test that you studied so hard for? And you knew, man, give it to me. You know, there's always that one kid in the class that's in the back. like, oh, gosh. Oh, man. But then there's that one kid sitting on the edge of the seat going, me, I was, if I studied for something, I was like, hurry up, because I don't want it to fall out of my brain. Come on, get it to me while it's in there. Hurry up. Come on. And then they reword the question. It's like, come on, man. That's not the way you had it on the review. When God gives you a test, it's not so that you can fail. He wants you to pass every test. He wants to put the big A on there in red and the smiley face and write excellent and give you a little star. And and he wants to put all that on there. But it's up to us. The responsibility is us. How are we going to wait? Are we going to wait impatiently? Come on, God. You said you're going to do it. I guess he's not going to do it, man. I mean waiting a year on this thing whatever are we going to say no you promised me it's your word and here I am waiting I believe that I received when I prayed so father I thank you and I praise you for what you're doing I thank you that those promises are true I thank you that you are faithful to the end nothing will move me nothing will shake me nothing will take me off of this position That's what God is looking for. Father, we thank you tonight that we don't just have to wait for your promises, but we can wait in faith. Faith, knowing, 
knowing that you can and will do what we've asked for, what we've believed for. Father, there's mountains that in this room that we've been speaking to. There are people in this room right now, they've been talking to mountains. They've been telling mountains what to do. And in the name of Jesus, those mountains have to be removed and have to be cast into the sea because this is a people that are speaking and waiting in faith. This is a patient people. We're not impatient. We're not doubting. We're not wavering. We're not moving. But we're remaining steadfast on your promises. We don't care what it looks like. We don't care how it changes. It could get worse. But we know the blessing is on the other side. So we stand in faith. We wait patiently, thankfully, praising you and worshiping you. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for what you are doing and going to do and continuing to do. Because the best is yet to come. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.